0: Welcome to the 1909, your home at the state news for everything happening on campus and around Lansing. I'm Lily Gwinney. When this episode airs, it will be the last day before Election Day. So this is going to be our super election episode. We're going to do a brief news recap of everything we've had happen on campus for the past week or so, and then I'm going to bring in my special guest, who we've actually had before on our first episode of the 1909. We've got our campus administration reporter, Vivian Barrett, with us today. Hi, Vivian. Hi, Lily. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, so we're going to news recap real quick. We've got several different things, a lot of campus news this week to recap, so let's get into it. So... This will be the final time that I will ask the age-old question, is Sam Stanley still president of Michigan State University? And the answer when this podcast airs will be no. Stanley announced that his last day would be Friday, November 4th. Steering committee meeting on November 1st, uh, the committee received and discussed Provost Teresa Woodruff's recommendation for president of the university, interim president, and responded to comments made by trustee Pat O'Keefe The committee consists of faculty senate members, representatives from the Associated Students of MSU, and the Council of Graduate Students and Committee Chairpersons. President Stanley wrote that he's confident in Woodruff's work and would be available to her and university leaders in this transition to MSU's next president. He said in his email, thank you to students, faculty, staff, alumni, donors, and friends for the opportunity to be your president. The positive impact that MSU has on our region, state, country, and the entire world is truly remarkable. And you have my deepest admiration for the work you do every day to make that happen. So our next president for the interim will be uh, Provost Teresa K. Woodruff. This is a decision that has come with a lot of support from both faculty and student groups. Sort of with a lot of turmoil happening right now between the Board of Trustees and ASMSU, the decision to appoint Woodruff as interim president was supported by both groups. By the time this airs, actually, we will be in MSU's, I want to say, fifth presidency in the last four or five years. So there's going to be a lot of changes coming to MSU and uh, the Board of Trustees has given us some preliminary infor- information about the search for the next permanent president of MSU, and we'll get to that later when we talk to Vivian. In other news, uh, one person was injured after gunshots were fired near the Grove Street parking ramp last Sunday morning. The incident occurred around 2.35 a.m. and left one person with a non-life-threatening gunshot wound, according to WLNS. The suspects were reported to have left the area in a follow-up alert to the Michigan State community sent at 4.29 a.m., the case is still ongoing investigation. Those with information surrounding the crime can contact ELPD Sergeant Tony Fuller at 517-319-6897. Now for news that I know a lot of the MSU community has been buzzing about this week. Developers have proposed the construction of new high-rise buildings including a parking ramp, apartments, and commercial office space on the sites of Dublin Square Irish Pub and property along Evergreen Avenue. Oh, my God. (laughs) The new proposal has plans for Dublin Square's new home to be inside a 12-story building, which would mean we would see Dublin's building as it currently stands right now raised to the ground and redone inside of this new complex. So the proposal for the Evergreen development was presented two weeks ago at an East Lansing Downtown Development Authority meeting by housing developer The Michaels Organization and city officials. The Dublin Square site will have a 12-story building, including 209 residential units with 88 studio apartments, 88 one-bedroom apartments, and 33 two-bedroom apartments. It will also have 5,000 square feet of proposed lobby and amenity space and 6,000 square feet of restaurant and retail space, according to the city. A seven-story student housing development behind the Dublin Square site is to include 201 residential units. Units include fifty studios, one hundred and twenty six one bedrooms, and twenty-five two bedrooms, as well as five thousand square feet of lobby and amenity space and around twelve thousand three hundred square feet for study spaces. That's a lot of space for study spaces. So um, we've we've seen, you know, Dublin has been around for a hot second. My aunt and uncle actually got engaged at Dublin before it was Dublin. It was it was some sort of fancier restaurant back in the nineties, I guess. But um and so we're, you know, we'll have to see where this goes. We we haven't seen confirmation yet if this uh, development proposal is going to be put into place. So when we know, we, we will let you guys know. State news is on that one. So um, <laughs> now I'd like to just introduce our guest again, Vivian. Hi. Hi, Lily. How's it going?
1: Going well. How are you?
0: Oh, I am tired. So... <laughs> Uh, fun fact, Vivian and I are going to be sort of the state news election strike team tomorrow. So we are going to kind of walk you guys through what we're looking at this election. And can you just start us off by telling us a little bit about uh, the ballot for Board of Trustees this year?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So there are four candidates um, for two seats on the Board of Trustees this year. Uh, so we've got two Republican candidates and two uh, Democratic candidates. So our two Republican candidates, we have Travis Menge and Mike Baylow. So Travis Mench, he's an orthopedic surgeon. He actually went to Michigan State. He studied at Lyman Briggs. And some of his key values uh, that he talked about with the state news is that he is in opposition with the university's um, vaccine mandate. He thinks that it should be less of a one-size-fits-all mandate. Um, He also wants to improve the quality of students' education in relation to the cost. Um, And he overall just hopes to bring a more conservative perspective to the board um, he also noted that he's opposed to critical race theory.
0: That's interesting uh, that you bring up the, the vaccine mandate, because I know we've both filled out that form yes. for our vaccines, quote unquote, mandate. And I I think one of the things that many students sort of thought was interesting when we filled that out is we didn't really have to provide any concrete proof. We did not. It was sort of just, you know, put in the date you were vaccinated and which vaccine you got. And it was optional if you wanted to provide the lot number. For your vaccine, so I wonder if that's been a conversation that's come up at all with the trustees candidates. But
1: no, that, I'm not sure. But that that's a good point. Yeah, I that's think about that. <laughs> because every
0: time I hear uh the vaccine mandate brought up, I'm I wonder if the people, the adults who are talking about it, the non-MSU students who are talking about it, know what we actually did. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Because when I was is... filling
0: that out, I was like, it would be so easy to lie on this form.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a, that's a general consensus among students i feel like i've had that conversation with a million Uh students about how it it doesn't feel very strict no it doesn't
0: (laughs) absolutely not and i i know i've heard uh, stories from friends when i was in the dorms last year that of people they knew who lied on the form so that's an i i wonder if if he's elected to the board i wonder if that will come up in front of him at all
1: that's a good question Moving on, next uh, Republican candidate we have is Mike Baylow. He is a MSU parent currently. He's also a veteran. If you have ever tuned in to the Board of Trustee meetings, you have probably seen Mike speaking on behalf of the reinstatement of Swim and Dive. His daughter, Sophia, um, was a member of the former swim team. She still attends Michigan State. That's one of his big priorities going into, as we'll see on the board, is advocacy for the return of the Swim and Dive team. Uh, he's also said that he... Um, is for removing mandatory remote learning and mask mandates, so kind of similar. I don't believe he said anything on the vaccine mandate specifically, um, but he did note mask mandates. Mm -hmm. Um, He also hopes to avoid raising tuition um, and prioritize in-state students. Um, And then overall, he's said multiple times that he wants to improve oversight and accountability and administrative leadership.
0: So in terms of the swim and dive, this has actually been kind of a big week for MSU swim and dive or the movement to reinstate MSU swim and dive.
1: Uh, do you want to give us a little bit of a recap on that, Vivian? Yeah, so on the October 28th meeting uh, for the Board of Trustees, Trustee Melanie Foster told swim and dive that uh, they should expect to hear from the board by the end of the semester about the possibility of the reinstatement of swim and dive. It has, nothing's been confirmed, but... There is a confirmation of a conversation, yes. which is a big step for swim and dive.
0: Yeah, we're we're hearing that they're supposed to be meeting with athletic director Alan Haller at some point between now and the end of the semester and talking about getting that reinstated, which this brings sort of a, a maybe a maybe an end date to what's been a. Three, I want to say two or three year.
1: Two, three, something like that.
0: It's been multiple years of this battle for MSU swim and dive. So I'm sure there are a lot of people who are really feeling uh, their work paying off right now with that. So continue with the Board of Trustees candidates.
1: So shifting over to some Democratic candidates. So we have Dennis Denno, who's a researcher, um, and he has spoken out about improving transparency and campus safety a lot. Also wants to give MSU employees a fifteen dollars minimum wage, um, and is fighting for budget priorities. Um, fun fact about Dennis is that he used to be a staffer of Michigan legislature for I believe seventeen years, so that's a while. That's a long time. Um, so it's definitely <laughs> a lot of experience that he's bringing to the board. And our last candidate that we have is currently on the board, Renee Knacki Jefferson. I was appointed by Governor Whitmer in twenty nineteen. Um, So she is campaigning for the election, for her Mm -hmm. seat, essentially. And she has spoken a lot about encouraging transparency and accountability within the university. She's given some specifics regarding that um, to make revisions to the faculty discipline policy, um, improve the status of non-tenure track faculty members, um, and increase campus safety and survivor resources for students. Um, She's also hoping to encourage more initiatives and partnerships that will reach a larger, more diverse range of students across the state.
0: So that's our board of trustees candidates. If you haven't already voted uh, via absentee ballot or early voting, it's great information to take with you to the polls on tomorrow when this airs. That's I, that's just really crazy to me. I can't <laughs> believe I've been thinking about election day for months and months, and it's, it's been a long time. <laughs> it's, we're finally we're on the eve of it, which is crazy. So. These these are seats that frequently people sort of overlook. They're yeah. their bottom they're down ballot races. They're things we, Michigan is actually the only state in the country that still votes on public university boards of trustees or regents. Oh, so can you tell me just a little bit about why it's important, you know, to make sure you're filling out this section of your ballot, even if you're not super informed on what the boards of trustees might do?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it really It really is a big deal, Lily, and I didn't, before I became administration reporter, you know, I didn't know anything about the Board of Trustees. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that it was an elected position. Um, I didn't know that everybody in the state of Michigan votes for them, not just Michigan State students. Everybody Everybody votes for them. Um, So it's a big deal, (laughs) and you have a voice in who's going to be on your board, and that's really important. So overall, if you don't know what the Board of Trustees is, essentially it serves as the governing body of Michigan State. Um, they provide oversight to MSU, and there's no one above them. They're the, they're the top dogs, okay? Mm-hmm. They are elected positions, and they serve for eight years. So they have really long terms, yes. and I don't think anybody knows that, and that's really important to keep in mind. Yeah. So they are a part of some of the biggest decisions that are going to affect Michigan State students. And if we're looking at this year specifically, you know, it's extra important following mm-hmm. the President Stanley stuff. They, the board that we elect... They're going to be the people who decide the next permanent president, and we're hoping that they're going to take input from the campus community, but at the end of the day, they're the ones who are going to put that person in that seat. So having a say in who's on the board this year is essentially having a say in who's going to be the next permanent president of Michigan State, and so it's it's really important to look into those candidates, um, figure out what values they have, and if they align with yours, and to vote for them.
0: Yeah, so that was a really great point, and I'm really glad you brought it up, that these these are the people who are going to decide our next president. And historically, I know one of the things, and this isn't just typical of MSU, this is typical of a lot of universities. I think students and the student body and the people who are on campus feel a huge disconnect with the board of trustees. Mm-hmm. I mean, we see them once a month. I know we here at the state news think about them a lot and <laughs> and see them a little more frequently because, you know, working on covering them but for the average student at MSU they probably have never met any members of the board they've probably they probably don't even know most of their names and most people you know they're sort of just this all-powerful entity sort of hovering above the school making these decisions without often having a lot of student input so do you think that uh like one way for students to sort of have this connection to the board is getting out and voting and being informed on their candidates?
1: Absolutely. I think it's it's just so important to remember that they aren't, while they are the overarching governing body of our university, they are not untouchable. Mm-hmm. And we do, as students, have a hand in putting them on that board. And, you know, we have ways to uh, keep them accountable. And so it's just important to remember that they – we're not God, you know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we have a piece in that. So really looking into who the candidates are, um, and you know, finding finding people who say that you know student input is important to them, and accountability and transparency is important to them. You know, putting those people on the board that that's going to be your your big step into getting that student input in those big decisions.
0: Yeah, and so if you've if you've been following the board of trustees saga this semester if you felt any feeling, whatever feeling you felt about that, the best way to act on that feeling is to go and make sure you're voting on November 8th. These are these are the type of decisions and I talk about this a lot not necessarily in terms of university politics, but in terms of just state and local politics. These are the types of races that are they're going to have more of an impact on your day-to-day week-to-week life here in East Lansing than say voting for governor or voting for your congress members will because these are the people who will decide whether or not your tuition gets raised. These are the people who will decide, you know, if you need to go remote learning at some point, or if you need to uh, come back to campus. So this is the type of thing that will affect you, regardless of how you feel about it. Everyone will be affected. How many students are on this campus? Almost fifty thousand. That's a lot of people. So if imagine if everyone who was able to vote on this campus went out and did it on Tuesday. And that would be a huge, huge thing. So I'm going to kind of just get into a little update on some of our state and local races happening around here in the Lansing area. So um, the one that everyone is watching, Governor Gretchen Whitmer and her Republican challenger, Tudor Dixon, are pulling tight, but only to a margin of about six points. So um, Governor Whitmer has out-fundraised Dixon at pretty much every checkpoint in this campaign cycle. But we're predicted to see sort of a nail-biter on Tuesday night. And one of the things that I want to remind everyone is that with the sort of prevalence of mail-in ballots right now, it's likely that we won't see results on some of these key statewide races and congressional races until the day after the election. So just remember that it's a little bit of a process and we might have to do a little bit of waiting. In the race for state attorney general between Dana Nessel and Matt DiPerno, Nestle is pulling about five, four or five points ahead of her opponent. Um, this is another situation where these two have had the tightest margin the entire campaign cycle, and this is actually a little bit of a widening gap for Nestle to be up to five points, because she's been, she's been more narrow than that at a couple different points in the race. She has raised, again, this is just the craziest statistic to me, that Nestle has raised, I think, almost seven times, and I don't want to exactly quote that number but I believe he's raised almost seven times the amount of money that Matt DiPerno has. And so that's 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 a lot of money. And for for her to only be polling about five points ahead of him, um, that's still outside of the margin of error, but it's, you know, it's a narrow gap. It's going to be it's this is going to be one of the races to watch, I would say on Tuesday night and going into Wednesday. Um, and that's going to be another one where we're really going to have to sit and just wait. Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson is currently pulling eight points ahead of her Republican challenger, Christina Caramo. Caramo has actually been in the news recently this week for a challenge she has posed in court to systems in the city of Detroit, and this has gotten a lot of pushback from Detroit voters and Detroit organizations saying that this is direct voter disenfranchisement. Uh, Karamo says it's election security. So that's definitely something that could have an impact going into election day. And we'll see, I guess, who's going to be in charge. I mean, Secretary of State, you're going to be in charge of all of Michigan's elections for the next four years. So Karamo has made it pretty clear that she is all about election integrity and election security. So far, it hasn't been pulling too well. She, her favorability ratings are just so-so. And Benson has been able to stay within this 8 to 10 point margin ahead of her for most of the race. So that's sort of an update on our uh, statewide races here in Lansing, being a pretty, the actually the tightest congressional race in the country right now between Alyssa Slotkin and Tom Barrett. Slotkin is currently pulling six points ahead of Barrett in the 7th District, and she actually held an event at East Lansing High School, last week with Congresswoman Liz Cheney from Wyoming. So that event is interesting because it marks the first time that Liz Cheney has ever campaigned for a Democrat. If you're not familiar with Cheney, she is the chairwoman of the House Committee on January 6th, and she was defeated in her primary over the summer. So she's when she's done in January, she's done in the House. And so she's campaigning right now for Democrats, which is a really interesting thing to see. And the theme of that rally was sort of, you know, we're trying to get in here and, and really talk about bipartisanship. Both candidates, or both representatives, sorry, Slotkin is the only candidate, both representatives were talking about how January 6th sort of brought them together and how, you know, there there's a lot at stake in this election. Uh, for, mo- for many people, democracy is on the line. So once again, I just can't emphasize how much, how important it is for uh, college students to get out and vote. Whoever... Uh, MSU students vote for in this congressional race is is going to win. Slotkin or Barrett. So this is this is your moment to make a decision. Let's just go over real quick. Uh, you can vote. You can register to vote in person up until election day in Michigan. So if you are finding yourself on Tuesday, November eighth, thinking, "Oh my God, I'm not registered to vote," you can go do that. You can register and vote in the same place at the same time. Uh, you just have to figure out what your polling place would be based on your address. And if you're a college student, you can register in East Lansing, even if uh, even if you if it's not your permanent address, you can make sure that you're registered. As long as you haven't been registered in your hometown first, you still have time to register to vote in East Lansing. So with that, that brings us to the end of our episode of the 1909 for today. We are kind of or, you know, we're in the countdown to Election Day. So Vivian, I
1: guess to close it out, how are you feeling? You know, I'm tired, Lily. <laughs> um, <laughs> when this airs on Monday, I can tell you that uh, I'm going to be tired tomorrow. Yes, we'll um, be and... tired. We'll
0: be even more tired <laughs> yep. when this airs than we so, are right now.
1: Yeah, but yes. uh, I'm feeling good. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling hopeful. Yeah. Um, I'm feeling excited to vote, and I hope everybody oh, who's yeah. listening is. So, yeah, you know, I'm looking I'm looking forward to the results, I will yes. say. Yes, and you can stay with the state news all
0: night on tuesday night for election coverage we are the two of we us will are, be here we will all be night <laughs> here we will be in our office and we will be doing election coverage for you and i guess uh just make sure that you're you know you're keeping up to date on everything and that we're gonna we're gonna close out our episode for this week you can find us wherever you get your podcasts airing every monday and signing off from east lansing i'm lily Gwinny.